T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, gang. Welcome in to Sports Talk Saturday. We're live here at Buffalo Bills training camp at St. John Fisher University. Coverage of Bills training camp on WGR is brought to you by Fiegel Car and Joyce, your border attorneys by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? And by Northtown Kia, the number one certified pre-owned Kia dealer in the eastern region. Shop Northtown Kia. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Nate Geary, live from St. John Fisher University. First day of pads and helping me set the stage this uh, this morning, I should say, before the afternoon. Sale Capaccio joining me live from field level. Sale, first day of pads. There always seems to be a little bit of an increased energy level today. What was your total lot? Uh, I guess we're getting a vibe check from field level from Sale Capaccio now. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, always a fun day. If anybody's ever played organized football, they know what it's about, right? You, the anticipation of putting the pads on, what's your first hit going to be like, what's it going to feel like? It feels different having those shoulder pads on. Now, of course, they've had helmets, right? But this is what these guys do. But look, it, the times have changed. They're not out here doing Oklahoma drills, if you will. You know, They're out here playing football and getting ready for a season. Um, but yeah, it is a bit of a different energy out here, and Sean McDermott talked about. The other thing is, it's nice and cool out here, if you will. I mean, it's warm, but not nearly as hot as it's been. We got some cloud cover, and I think that's helping the players on their first day of pads out here with all that equipment. So, Sale, you know, maybe for the, the fans that are maybe not here today but plan on coming to one of these padded practices, what are your position groups when the pads come on that you're looking at that you're going to see more from those position groups when the pads come on rather than watching them in, you know, just the shells up top or, or no pads at all? For me, it's the running game, the running backs specifically because, you know, they're still not going to be taken to the ground here. They're not going to be tackled, but at least – Guys can come up and kind of thud them up, right? They call it up thud, and they can go and they can they can hit them and you know grab them instead of just laying off them and letting them have a hole. Uh, that that's something that I look at is without pads on. I think every running back can kind of look like Barry Sanders, right? I mean, but you get the pads on. Now they have to actually squeeze through holes, and there's guys with equipment. The other thing is pass rush. Um, you know, when you get the pads on and you actually have to get a little more physical, yeah, you can still get some stuff done without pads on, but now you're actually going a little more physical against each other for the defensive end to the tackle standpoint. That's the other thing that I'm watching for today. We just had a little while ago, Devin Singletary had a really nice run up the middle. And again, they're not taking him down, but um, it looked like there was a nice hole. He got behind uh, Reggie Gilliam at fullback, and he, um, he took it maybe to the house. He might have been caught, but it was a really big run. Yeah, I know. I think I keep kind of hearing about James Cook, the Bills' second-round pick rookie, that everyone's sort of excited to see the pads come on to really see if that speed translates to the field. But you just mentioned Devin Singletary having a nice run sale. That's kind of the 
the time we start to see Singletary pop because he's not the kind of guy that flashes the speed or the hands. So when the pads come on, that's really where Devin's Singletary game starts to shine a bit. Have you seen anything from, I you know you mentioned Singletary there, but anything today so far from James Cook? Because I know that's the guy people have really been looking forward to seeing when the pads come on. Not necessarily. Not uh, they just did the. They just wrapped up. It looks like uh, their first team portion, eleven on eleven. So they're going to break up here now. And I'm just going to give you an idea. I don't think they're done with practice, but they're getting together. We'll see. Um, that would be pretty early, but maybe not. I mean, it is the first day of pads here. They're coming back out. I have not uh, to answer your question. Seen him and do anything specifically? Um, they had some one on ones a little bit earlier, and you could tell the explosiveness, obviously, uh, from him. But I'll be watching for him a little bit. I saw Singletary. I will tell you this. I think Devin Singletary looks explosive. I think he looks quicker than what I remember him you know that last month or so of the season month and a half was real good for him and looks to me looks to me like he's kind of carried that over here into this training camp obviously going into the last year of his rookie contract it's a big year for him so before we get into some of the injury updates that Sean McDermott injury, uh, updated us on pre-practice I wanted to ask you about an interesting battle that we're probably not talking enough about which is the depth corner battle particularly cam lewis i was talking about this with jay skirsky yesterday the buffalo news and one of the things that i think going into this training camp it feels like this might be the best opportunity for cam lewis the former university of buffalo uh cornerback to really come out and make the 53-man roster especially with trey white being kind of questionable to start the season or when he gets the pads on and can start practicing in full and get off that pup list what are your expectations this year year three for cam lewis it feels like the prime opportunity for him to start a make his mark and uh, and find his way on the three man roster. Listen, if if for some reason Tredavious White isn't ready, I think Cam Lewis is almost a lock to make this team. If Tredavious White is is ready and is playing, I still think Cam Lewis to me is on this team. He's done enough. Every time have we ever Nate, have you ever remember he's played enough in this league now? Have we ever said, boy, Cam Lewis didn't look good today, right? No. Every time he plays, he makes plays. Right. He's around the ball. He does things, and I think that he offers very valuable, you know, backup to. Uh, the slot position, Taron Johnson, he can play outside. He knows the system. He's a tireless worker. I really like Cam Lewis. I like his game. I think he's looked good out here. He did get beat on a play the other day uh, down the sideline. Uh, Devin Singleton, uh, Isaiah McKenzie, I'm sorry, beat him. But those things are going to happen. I really like him. I'll tell you who else has really impressed me in his cover skills, Saran Neal. Now, we know Saran's going to make the team as a special teams guy. But that's not his game. But I think he's done really well in coverage. And, boy, if they could have an extra guy like that step up that would be really tremendous and last thing for you sale it's sort of been everyone's topic of conversation isaiah mckenzie seems to be the locked in focus of most bills fans right now about what his role looks like jameson crowder still sidelined with a couple of bumps and bruises he is still day to day according to sean mcdermott this morning how important is it for him to get healthy and on the field right away and, and any updates on other guys i know micah hyde went down with an injury yesterday but that also seems pretty minor yeah, and Mike, has, Mike is out here. He's not practicing. He's um, walking around, and he's day-to-day. Sean McDermott said that, day-to-day, which is great. I know the listeners will hear that from Sean, but um, it's good to hear. Uh, Deion Dawkins excused again today for personal reasons. They said they hope to get him back in a few days. Not sure what's going on there, but hopefully everything's okay in his life. Um, they do have um, a couple other guys missing still, obviously. Ryan Bates is not practicing again today. Um who else am I missing? Daquan Jones, I don't believe, is out here again today. And you mentioned it, Jamison Crowder and Jay Kumaro, both day-to-day. Jamison Crowder, day-to-day, this is the fifth out of six practices he missed. He was out here day one. He hasn't been out here the last five. Yes, it's very important. Sean McDermott even said that today, like availability, right? you got to be yep. here. And look, we're not in preseason games yet. He still has time, but the longer this goes, the more opportunity others get, of course. Isaiah McKenzie, the benefactor, but I think Isaiah McKenzie has shown he's going to be, to me, Nate, I think 
he should basically, for all intents and purposes, be listed as wide receiver three on this team, Isaiah yeah. McKenzie. Yeah, and it's not just about... By the way, Jake. Khalil Shakir, too. I, th I think Khalil Shakir, not that he's fighting for a spot, but giving him opportunity, I really like the way he's looked. Yeah, it's not just about Crowder maybe losing some steam in that battle for number three. It's the other guys maybe running away with the opportunity that they've been given with Jamison Crowder out, right? 100%, and that's what they're looking for. It's opportunity. Same thing in the O-line. I mean, we got Questenberry yeah, and Doyle and Greg Manns. They're all getting opportunity because these guys, other guys are out. And, you know, this time of year, it's not a horrible thing, right? I mean, yes, you don't want to see injuries, but as long as it's gonna, those guys are going to come back, these other guys are getting time. They're getting opportunities. They're getting reps, and those are invaluable. All right, Sal, thanks. Enjoy the rest of practice. All right, thank you. All right, Sal Capaccio there live from field level at St. John Fisher University. We've got the first day of pads. Welcome back. I'm Nate Geary. Uh, so kind of getting into some of the position battles that I've been kind of paying attention to, we, we talked a little bit about my, uh, about this on my podcast last night, and the big thing, and Sal sort of mentioned it there at the end, is the offensive line battle, or maybe lack thereof at this point, simply because of injury. Right now, uh, walking onto the field, Spencer Brown is in pads. You'll see him on the field. He is not participating in many and or any drills right now which i think if you're a bills fan thinking you know he missed a lot of the offseason program in mini camps and otas so seeing him healthy at a hundred percent in team drills i think was sort of the expectation for a lot of bills fans i would assume it was the expectation for this bills coaching staff however spencer brown has not really been participating to that effect and you got to start to worry is he going to be ready for these first couple of preseason games and the offensive line is in particular is a unique position in that you really do a lot like receivers and quarterbacks you want to feel like you have that chemistry we have yet to see one snap one snap be played so far this early on i know it's only we're, we're, we're officially about to be seven days uh into the start of training camp today so there's still plenty of time for that chemistry to be, to be built with this offensive line unit but roger saffold still is not yet back practicing we know he's on the not football injury list right now due to uh, a, a rib injury that he sustained in an automobile accident before the start of training camp. So you don't have your starting left guard. Rick Bates, who has been, uh, who started training camp here uh, playing healthy, he was out today, uh, he, whether, and I believe he's uh, listed as day-to-day. -day. But you have yet to really see all five offensive linemen, whether it's Spencer Brown, whether it's um, you know Deion Dawkins, who's out now for personal reasons. When you look at the starting offensive line out there right now, it's a mishmash of a bunch of guys that you hope will have good depth roles, but not really. I, I don't. I can't imagine a lot of people were envisioning an offense with Tommy Doyle at left tackle and and Quisenberry starting at right tackle with Cody Ford at right guard. That's just not really. Or Greg Manns at right guard. That's not necessarily the group of five that people wanted to see this early in training camp. I think there's a real, to me anyways, concern that heading into week one. Will your starting offensive unit have enough time on task together? There is a lot of communication that happens on the offensive line. Passing guys off, making sure that, you know, you're getting help on the on a chip block before they make it to the next level on run plays. And just making, especially with Roger Saffold, who's new to this system. He's not necessarily new to offensive line coach Aaron Cromer, but he is new to this Ken Dorsey slash Brian Dable um, Air Perkins system. So there is a little nuance to that. And there's a lot of, a lot of change happening in the scheme on the offensive line they want to be more multiple they want to be able in run looks to run more outside zone still run trap and wham and in power they want to do all of those things and be a mobile unit but without roger saffold right now in pads 
in the loop without Spencer Brown starting out at the right tackle position. You're seeing guys getting reps, but, you know, for Josh Allen's sake, if you don't have your starting offensive line, I think for me, putting Josh Allen in a game situation in any of these preseason games this summer, I think is a bad idea at best. Um, so getting this offensive line healthy, I think it's been an under-talked-about point to start this year. And I, and I think a lot of it is because the depth on this offensive line, a lot of us, myself included, sort of take for granted that this unit does have depth. Now, that depth, having to play early meaningful downs in a season is probably not the best situation for the team, specifically a guy like Tommy Doyle, you know, who is getting some cross-training at the guard position. Same with Quisenberry, who's getting some cross-training both at left and right guard and right tackle. But seeing Tommy Doyle, who was really kind of last year asked to be maybe transitioning this year from a depth player to a more swing tackle, a guy that they can bring in on third and shorts and goal line situations that have that extra offensive lineman on the field. I think everyone feels comfortable with Tommy Doyle in that role, but if Tommy Doyle has to you know, play meaningful snaps to start the year, has to start right tackle, I, I do think that if Spencer Brown is to miss any level of time starting in September, I do think Quisenberry starts and, 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 and sort of starts the season anyways at that right tackle position but he's another guy they've been cross training he's played a lot of guard um when uh, as roger saffold's been out and we've seen Deion dawkins back in the lineup so there's a lot of shuffling happening on that offensive line and that's not necessarily the place you want to be to start training camp you this is really where you can start to develop those reps to start to develop that chemistry on the offensive line and not having any of those guys available has certainly been a challenge so far early in camp and you know are you going to be able to see if you're the running back room right now, you know, by the way, first time today, uh, Zach, today was the first time I've seen, and this is only my second day at training camp, I forgot Duke Johnson was on this team. He's on this team. He's definitely been like a forgotten guy. I think mainly just because the J.D. McKissick news was huge and that, you know, people were excited for that role. And then they draft James Cook and it's like Duke Johnson, does he fit that role? Is he genuinely, I guess, more the traditional running back of the team? He's sort of the forgotten guy because he wasn't on the team last year, Singletary Moss. But he's kind of the forgotten free agent, not draft pick guy picked up. And it, and it is a weird thing because he's had a successful career in the NFL or at least definitely been a guy to watch on teams. Yeah, and the funny thing is, right, so we're, we're, we're watching uh, team drills and I'm on the field. I'm like, who the hell is 22? Luckily, I've got this wonderful Bills roster card. I'm like, oh, yeah, Duke Johnson. He's on the team. And this is another kind of in the same conversation of talking about the shuffling at offensive line. That makes the job of these running backs who are getting an opportunity in the first day of pads to maybe show off, to pop a little bit, makes it difficult when you don't necessarily know the guys or are familiar with the guys in front of you. You want to feel like you know, hey, uh, Spencer Brown, I know he's mobile, so I know, you know, when he's out in front of me that there are certain things you're paying attention to with Spencer Brown. And that's different for, for Quisenberry. It's different for Tommy Doyle. So there is a level to me of familiarity. I think it's, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's unfair for these running backs. They're going to have an opportunity to show what they've got. But the first day of pads, you know, it would have been nice to sort of see this offensive line who, again, starting the year, I think, you know, I think it was, um, remind me again, uh, Ross Tucker. Uh, Ross Tucker put out his offensive line rankings, I think, a week or so ago. He had the Bills as, I think, the 13th or 14th best offensive line. So literally middle America, middle of the league in terms of offensive line play. And I think that's probably right when they're all healthy. But you drop a Saffold and you enter in a Quisenberry at guard. You drop Saffold and, and put in a Cody Ford or a Greg Manns. 
then I, I think that offensive line unit starts looking less and less average and more and more of a concern. So something to think about as this uh, training camp plays on. They need to get healthy on that offensive line because I think it's really important, much like I, I think, and Zach, this is, I think, an under-talked-about point with the injury right now to um, to Jamison Crowder. And this is more, and, and I mentioned with Sal Capaccio there, to me it's less about Crowder maybe losing his spot and more about the guys in front of him pulling away without him really having a chance to have any say in his position on the field. And I think the, the slot position in particular, there is a real level of trust, consistency, communication, uh, nonverbal cues that you have to have with your slot receiver. That was the thing that made Josh Allen and Cole Beasley so potent as a duo because Josh Allen knew that in particular zone looks, he knew the cues of Cole Beasley. He knew when he was going to squat, when he was going to extend his route, when he was going to keep stemming, when he, where he was going to settle down based on the defenses that were being run. And a lot of that just comes with reps. And so far this offseason, dating back to minicamp, it's been Isaiah McKenzie getting those reps. And whether or not he's been able to pull away with those reps, it's hard to know when you're watching in these games. or in, the, in this. They know in the film room, and that's kind of where it matters. When they're going to the film room after practice to go ahead and look and, and talk about what went wrong, what went right during, the, during practice, Isaiah McKenzie's a guy on film. And Khalil Shakir is the guy on film. And I think right now that is only hurting Jamison Crowder. So for me, it's not just the fact that he's not available, which we know Sean McDermott is big on availability. Your best ability is your availability. That is a direct Sean McDermottism, if I've ever heard one, right? And right now, he's mentioning it during his press conference, talking about he's day-to-day, but these guys got to be available. And if you're missing five of the first six practices, by the way, for Jamison Crowder, with an injury history already, that's really where, if you're Jamison Crowder, you kind of have to be careful. You don't want to have the reputation of being the guy that's not available, especially in this organization. And I know his contract, and maybe it's not the most prohibitive contract to cut, um, but I, I listen, you look across this, uh, you look across the room right now at the wide receiver position, and Marquez Stevenson's out there. He's one of the first guys up when they're taking punt and kick returns. I don't know what that means. I'm not sure if there's a spot on this team for Marquez Stevenson at this point, but I'll tell you this. is This is a team that does not have a lot of outside receiver depth. That is what Marquez Stevenson is. So I think if you're looking at just position flexibility, this wide receiver room is jam-packed with guys that can play really well out of the slot. You talk about... Um, you talk about Tavon Austin, Jamison Crowder, Isaiah Hodgins, who I think is a big slot receiver. You talk about the cross-training that Stephon Diggs can play. He can play on the inside. He can play on the outside. Obviously, you have Khalil Shakir, who played a lot of inside in college, is cross-training here in training camp. He's going to have an opportunity to show what he, can ha- what he can do on the outside. I'll tell you this. If Khalil Shakir can prove during training camp in the preseason that he can play both outside and inside, and you can't get on the field if you're Jamison Crowder, I'm going to start to wonder whether or not he's going to be here come the first cuts for the 53-man roster. I think that's a fair, fair conversation to have when you start to play the numbers game. And, and although I'm probably buying this team carrying seven receivers out of training camp, this was made a good point yesterday on my podcast, Bruce Nolan of Buffalo Rumblings. It kind of mentioned this to me, and I guess I, I didn't necessarily think of this when thinking about the, the, the battle of numbers, how many wide receivers will this team carry when the 53-man roster comes out. They did keep seven receivers last year out of training camp into start the season. Zach, you know the big difference, though? They kept seven receivers, and they ran a ton of 10 personnel in that first game against Pittsburgh, and they got washed 
And then they really never dressed seven receivers again, and they didn't run 10 personnel at the volume that they did or they wanted to during training camp to start the year. When they started getting worked against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers in week one last year when they were running all that 10 personnel, those four and five wide receiver sets, that makes sense why you're keeping seven receivers. But if you are going with more tight end looks, if you're seeing more Reggie Gilliam, if you're seeing more O.J. Howard, 12, 13, 22 personnel, I'm starting to wonder how you can keep an extra tight end but also keep seven receivers. The, the numbers game to me Zach maybe doesn't make sense and I think if you're Jamison Crowder you need to get on the field as soon as possible I think the thing that's really hurting Crowder I mean number one is is position flexibility but it's McKenzie Allen talked about it I want to say on one Bills live Thursday I mean they're excited now to take him from what was a gadget role with this offense and to really now bring him in as a guy a weapon on the offense consistently and we have on the Bills right now like three or four different sort of slot receivers Crowder, I think, almost is going to—the injuries, but also just the fact that he's sort of just the slot receiver. Like, there's not a ton of specialty there. But he may be helped out by the fact that I do, and and, and the early camp reports are are helping me in in this theory. I think Khalil Shakir is going to almost take the Emmanuel Sanders role from from the end of last year where he's the third outside guy, doesn't get a ton of targets just because, you know, it's one-two slot and then tight end and then usually that third outside guy for the Bills— but I think that's the spot he's going to find himself in. And McKenzie, though, I think could really work himself into being that starting slot receiver. You also have to add in the fact he's been the, the longest tenured receiver of Josh Allen's that's career. Right. He's been here forever. They clearly have a good rep together. And and now with Crowder missing time, see, and I don't really even know what the injury is. I mean, it's kind of been like not you know closed door, but it's just it sounds like, missing like, practices. like he's just nicked up a little bit. Yeah, Enough he, he, where you know, to a little me, banged up. And listen, I, I'm not here to tell you, like, you know, he should be pushing it. He should be trying to play. But if it's me, $1.87 million, I think, is what he is against the cap this year. That is not a big enough number where you're feeling like my number, the contract they signed me to, keeps me safe here. And and I was talking about this yesterday. You know, for Jamison Crowder, the accomplishments he's had over the course of his career, which I think is worth noting, this is an accomplished NFL receiver with years and years of seven, eight, nine hundred yard seasons. Um, has not really had the high end quarterback play. Kirk Cousins to a certain extent for a couple of years there in Washington, but for the last couple of years in New York, just has not had the quarterback play to really maximize his skill set. And thinking of that, the idea that he got a one year contract, Isaiah McKenzie got a three year contract at pretty much the same number. I mean, there's a couple, it's a, you know, a couple thousand, like $10,000 off um, in terms of what their cap hit number is this year. I, I don't know if that just means the demand for Jamison Crowder wasn't there this year. Our team's looking at him as a guy that can't be healthy, can't be relied upon. And if that's the case, he's not doing a lot here early in training camp to buck that narrative that there seems to be about Jamison Crowder, which to me, if you're Isaiah McKenzie, he gets the three-year up to $8 million deal this offseason. And that's with a lot of people saying, well, what is Isaiah McKenzie's role? He's never really been more than a number four receiver when you've had this group of receivers. You've had Diggs. You've had Gabriel Davis. You know, you've had this group here. He's never really been more than a gadget number four, to your point, Zach. And I'm starting to wonder now, and you hear from Sal Capaccio, who's been here every day at practice, to hear him say, you should be penciling in Isaiah McKenzie as your number three wide receiver right now, I don't think that bodes well. That means if you're Jameson Crowder, you're behind the eight ball, and whenever you do get back to practice, it's not just you're walking in and you're going to start getting opportunities in the number three role to take that job. 
the question for me, Zach, is when will he get those reps in with the starting offense? When's he going to have the opportunity to build that rapport, that chemistry, that trust with Josh Allen when Isaiah McKenzie's getting all those reps? Since this is not just about getting him back so that he can start taking those reps and building that chemistry. It's is he going to have the opportunity to do it at all? Yeah, it, it, it feels weird because, I mean, today is the first day of padded practice, but it almost feels like time is already running out for That's Crowder right. because McKenzie has popped, I think, far more as a just traditional slot receiver than most thought. And Khalil Shakir is really proving the narrative correct that the Bills, if they had a fourth-round pick, would have taken him in the fourth round. I mean, you know, Brandon Bean was pretty open about that, and most draft experts had him pegged as a third-round pick. So, I mean, Crowder's walking into a wide receiver room that is like, I'd almost say quietly more talented than perceived going into, I'd even say, minicamp. And now with him missing you know, most of, if not all, of training camp to start, he, it really is going to be an uphill battle that he may have to take advantage more of game time with preseason than really get the reps in, in just training camp practices. Like He may have to really put some stuff on film now with Case Keenum and Matt Barkley rather than Josh Allen to start camp where going into this you would have assumed it would have been the opposite. McKenzie right. or Khalil Shakir would have had to do that. Yeah, exactly, and that, that's kind of my thought process on where this wide receiver battle is going. We're going to take a timeout on the other side. Again, we've got Mina Kime from ESPN. She's coming up at 1 o'clock. We'll have Brian Koziel at 1.30. Matt Perino is going to join us live here from training camp as he starts walking up the field. We've got Bills. Speaking of Isaiah McKenzie, McKenzie will be joining us here um, in a little while. When we come back, we're going to hear from Bills head coach Sean McDermott. He uh, met with the media before practice, so we're going to have him coming up next on the other side. After Sean McDermott, we should have Isaiah McKenzie. So we've got a jam-packed first hour here live from St. John Fisher University here at Buffalo Bills Training Camp. This is Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before Canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We are live here from Buffalo Bills Training Camp at St. John Fisher University. I'm Nate Geary. We are going to bring you Sean McDermott. He met with the media this morning before practice. So here's Coach Sean McDermott. All right. Good morning. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, we'll go ahead and get started. Time is yours. Yeah, he's going to be day-to-day. He's got some soreness uh, on his hip there where he fell, or where he came down on it. So, uh, But we think he'll be okay at this point. First day of pads, Coach, 
How excited are you? And what are some of the things you're going to observe today that you didn't do all week? Well, it's it's a long time. It's been a long time. I feel like uh, coming about a week into camp now, and it's it's good to be in pads. I know it's <clears throat> some guys like it, some guys hate it. It's always a little uncomfortable, you know, wearing those uh, pads that we don't walk over, around in every day. But uh, it'll be good to get acclimated today, and and then give the guys a day off tomorrow because they'll be sore. Um, so just fundamentally looking to be carry over our fundamentals from when we were out of pads, now into pads, <clears throat> and develop uh, some of our identity as well at the line of scrimmage in particular. Hey, Sean, just to get an update on some of the guys that are missing today, I think there's Bates, Daquan Jones, Crowder, and Cooper. Yeah, uh, all day-to-day, all dealing with overall soreness uh, that comes uh, through camp and, and some muscle tightness. And cert- all of them have different locations, of course, but... Um, they're all day to day. Jameson, is there any you know concern because you know he's, he's a veteran, but to, to miss a lot of days at the start of camp, is there any concern that he hasn't been able to get out there for a few days of camp? Yeah, you know I'm always concerned anytime a guy misses. It's it's missed reps, and in this case, you know um, availability and in, 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 in unavailability creates a challenge in terms of for a new player developing a rapport. In this case, with Josh. Um, Mentally, he's he's very strong, so I'm not as concerned about that piece in terms of assignment, but it's just more of the rapport and then building, um, you know, all these players who are unavailable right now, we've got a few of them, into being game ready. Um, so I think that's that's also a goal of ours here. Where's, where's Spencer Brown in his health? We've seen him out there, but not really participating in this anymore. Yeah, he's working, you know, continues to work himself back. Uh, that's taking some time, and and uh, we're just going to continue to take it uh, one day at a time, and and go on the schedule that the trainers uh, and Spencer have uh, communicated about, and uh, hopefully get him back uh, as we go here in the very near future, where he's out, you know, out there in team drills. I know you said I think day one, you're not really behind behind, but now that we're a full week into camp, we've seen a lot of movement, a lot of guys out there at the tackle spots. Is that starting to change a little bit, that there's a little more urgency that he, he needs to get out there uh, to try to keep that job? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, jobs are earned through reps, right? And and uh, all jobs, when you come to camp, are earned, uh, whether it's that that particular position or, or any other position for that matter. Obviously, there's some players who have a little bit of a incumbent hold on, on those positions, but at the same time, all, all positions are earned. So... Uh, in this case, Spencer's missed quite a bit of time, and, and uh, we look forward to getting him back as soon as we can here. Uh, no. So he's dealing with some personal things that he's handling, and uh, we hope to get him back here in a few days. Sean, there was the play when Micah got picked up, and then there was another play where Josh may have got caught up in a play. Is there a balance between what you want and is there messaging to the players, especially maybe on a day like today when the pads are on and all that kind yeah. of thing, Definitely. It's hard to find that balance. We try and over-communicate on the front end of it, Mike, with, hey, this is these are the rules of engagement. When we're not in pads, when we're in pads, uh, there's always an adjustment, though. Try and show examples of what happens in practice and how we have to adjust. And in order to be able to practice and, and stay fresh, you know, we've, we've got to be able to be in pads, but we also have to be able to practice not in, in pads. Uh, 
you know, we're going to work hard, but we also want a fresh football team as well. So um, that's part of my job during the practice, quite honestly, is not watching as much as trying to protect our quarterback back there. And I get it, the defensive line, the, those, the defense overall, they, we want them aggressive, uh, but there is, a, there is a fine line there. Yeah, I mean, I think you start to see um, this is a another step uh, or chapter, if you will, where a, what happened in the spring and what happened through the first week of training camp was not really football. Um, and then this is another step, and we're putting the pads on. This is when the physical part factors in and see who can who can integrate that into their game, who naturally has that, and um, and then who is kind of maybe sitting on the fence a little bit and they start to gravitate towards how we how we like to play and um, and then the game is a whole nother level right of who can do it in the game as well and so um, we're moving towards that point obviously today and then and then in the next few days here in that red and blue scrimmage you know I didn't sleep well last night I was I woke up as one of those things I know we've all been there it's like why didn't I sleep well and I think it's you know since, since the time I've been seven years old this is pads and this is football and it's always been like that and so um i know i'm not playing but uh i think that's what it is it's just in your bones you know sean kind of, sean, kind of along those lines with the rookies kair and stefan have had some battles i guess you'll yeah. say through the first week and that's kind of become almost appointment viewing people are looking forward to it from kair's perspective how valuable is it to go up against a guy like that and what do you think he's getting out of that matchup right now yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, he's learning every day. He's he's adding notes to his to his notebook and and uh, had a couple good battles yesterday where the ball was thrown into a, into a contested ball situation and I think Steph won a couple of them and, and Kyrie uh, won a few as well. So the thing I appreciated about you know Steph is very competitive, but he then takes time to teach to teach Kyrie off the field as well, which I think is tremendous. Uh, no, just I believe it's just the Micah, the Micah injury. Yeah. John, I know, I know it's early, and you have a lot of pieces in that offense that are very familiar with what they're supposed to do. But there's so many offensive linemen that are down. How much of a hindrance is that to trying to build an offense? Well, it gives the it gives the guys, uh, those guys that are playing right now, an opportunity to show us what they've got. Bless you. And uh, and I think that's important. That's what we can focus on. That's what we that's the part we can control right now. And. Um, like I said, it's uh, you know availability is, is key in terms of helping our football team. And right now, um, those players that are in there are getting a lot of a lot of reps, and I think that'll help them moving forward. Yeah, I've been impressed uh, to this point, Jeremy, with what I've seen. Um, the running, whether it's even yesterday, uh, Taiwan Jones made a great run and a great cut. Um, not his key role, not his primary role on our team, uh, but great to see an older player step in and, and have success like that and be ready to go. And um, but I think uh, all the backs we have, whether it's Motor and and Zach, uh, and then you look at Duke and and uh, the two young guys, I think they're all playing well and and hitting the holes and and making good cuts and and not just the run game but the protection game as well uh, in the pass game. Going back to what you said about when you're younger and pads and all that. Has also evolved a lot. Like the first day pass, I don't think you're out there doing Oklahoma's necessarily, huh. right? I mean, what is the trade-off and the balance of trying to evaluate because the rules have changed, but also what we know about football and what you have to do? Yeah, um, you know, I think I think you just got to do it the right way. And I'm not saying you know we're perfect in what we do, but we try and 
we've always tried to acclimate our players through a ramp up period, whether, you know, um, governed by the NFL in that regard or not, and, and try and do it right by our players and keeping them healthy. And, and the same goes here. Again, we, we try and do our best to teach the proper fundamentals and, and bring them along the right way. We're not going to go out there today and go live for five periods. We're going to go, we're going to be thud most of the day and a little bit of tag off tempo also. Um, just to, again, build it the right way and lay a good foundation here. Yeah, just the same as before, really. He's, uh, he's working hard, and, and we'll see when he, when he gets back. What have you seen You know, I, I think uh, he continues to evolve and grow. He's, you know, he was, he's a very focused young man and, and uh, comes from a great family and, and support system, and um, he's very hungry to learn uh, every day, and he takes that growth mindset, as, as I mentioned earlier, in the, in the confrontations he has in the contested situations with Steph and or Gabe, for that matter. Um, he's just hungry to learn, and I think that's a great quality for a young player, especially for a player that, that was um, you know, drafted in the first round to come in and, and understand he doesn't know it all, but he'll continue to grow, and he's going to make mistakes, and he has to embrace those failures. Sorry, I meant about Khalil Shakir. Oh, I said it loud sorry. No, I think he's off to a good start as well. Um, you know, being a skilled player, you've got a block in the run game. Those are some of the things that don't get uh, talked about a lot or, or focused on. He does those, but um, at the end of the day, you're, you're evaluated for making plays. And um, there's three or four guys that have made a, a ton of plays so far in camp, and he's one of them. Yeah, um, you know, listen, he's a he's he's a pit bull. I mean, he's a he's not the biggest, but he's mentally and physically tough, and he loves the confrontation. Um, you see him out there; he plays with a tremendous amount of passion and energy, and I think he brings a lot to our defense. Isaiah, which one? Yes, yeah, he's made plays. He's shown he's showed up as well. So. At the end of the day, you got to make plays, right? The ball's thrown to you. You got to you got to catch the football, whether it's you know in open space or in a contested situation. Okay. Guys, good. All right, Head thanks, guys. Coach Sean McDermott there live this morning from the podium uh, before practice here at St. John Fisher. I'm going to take a timeout because on the other side, I'm expecting Isaiah McKenzie to make his way over here to the pavilion. We will have him live either next segment or the segment after. We're also going to hear from Bills running back Devin Singletary. We'll also hear from Bills center Mitch Morse. We've got Mina Kimes coming up. We've got uh, Brian Koziel. So we've got a, uh, a, a jam-packed rest of the afternoon. We also have Matt Perino joining us here at some point. Maybe Mike Catalana as well. So we've got uh, a lot to get to here over the next hour, hour and a half here on WGR. All right, welcome back. Our final segment here of Hour One. We're live from Buffalo Bills training camp. I'm just outside the area where the players are coming back from on the field, back to the locker rooms. A bunch of fans lined up over here for some autographs. And uh, we saw Dawson Knox walk by. And uh, we'll have Isaiah McKenzie here in a, uh, in a few minutes. We'll probably take a break and then on the other side grab Isaiah, who was um, – I think he'll be walking off the field here uh, momentarily. We also are looking at uh, having Mitch Morse, who uh, will be meeting with the media here shortly at, uh, across the field here. It does look like we've got, uh, we've got the media tent getting set up. So Mitch Morse 
Um, Devin Singletary will be meeting with the media. We'll, we'll, we'll do what we can to carry those live. If we don't carry them live, we'll play them back for you. Uh, as soon as we can uh, so we've got a jam-packed you know next half hour hour and then at one o'clock ESPN's Mina Kimes joins us we're going to kind of talk from some some storylines around the league and, and kind of get her thoughts overall on on the expectations of this Bills team heading into the season uh, some games she's looking forward to I'm, I'm kind of also very interested in chatting with Mina about Baker Mayfield the move to Carolina what that means for him what that means for the Panthers uh, talking about the Seahawks as you know if you if you follow Mina uh, a fan of hers, you know, that she's uh, based out of Seattle, a big Seahawks fan, so we'll talk to her about the Geno Smith-Drew Locke competition, which I'm sure is um, on, on front of everyone's mind, just wondering who is going to win that battle. Zach, if you had to put money on it today, who is winning that Seattle Seahawks uh, quarterback competition? I, I think most people right now are kind of penciling in Geno Smith because he knows the system, but I'm not convinced, uh, you know, for me, Zach, that uh, – if they don't go with Drew Locke and try to give him an opportunity, especially in a year that they know it's a rebuilding year, give Drew Locke. You know what Geno Smith is. Uh, I, I think give yourself an opportunity to evaluate Drew Locke with two all-pro level wide receivers. You have Noah Fant now in that system. You've got two good running backs, uh, improved offensive line. I'm of the mind you give Drew Locke an opportunity to play. And if he's just so bad that he's got to get pulled off the field and you've you got to put Geno Smith in, I think that makes sense. But what what could you possibly learn about Geno Smith at this point in his career? Well, I mean, that's the thing, too. I mean, you're not going to learn anything new. There's really no – because you're right. It, it's a rebuild to get C.J. Stroud next year. But if you have something in Drew Locke, eh, check it out. I mean, Jerry Judy with Denver didn't really give Drew Locke a ton of help. You know, he dealt with injuries there. I think Drew Locke is still... Cortland Sutton was injured for most yeah. of his... Yeah. I mean, he, he dealt with a lot of stuff in Denver. I still think Drew Locke's a bad quarterback, which pains yeah. me. I loved him coming out of the draft, but... And he's just got a lot of swag. Yeah. He's just cool. Well, he's got a ton of swag. But you know what? He's had big games, and you're, I, truthfully, I was of the opinion I didn't know if DK Metcalf would genuinely sign back in Seattle. Me I thought either. he would try yeah, to hold either. out a little bit. But now you've got him locked up. He's one of the best deep ball players in the NFL, and Drew Locke throws a pretty darn good deep ball. Give it a shot. Yeah, their top three targets, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Noah Fant. I mean, that's that's not – I mean, in that division, it's it's not bad, Zach. I mean, when, when you start to think about where that division is and um, – I mean, it's a it's probably the best division in the NFC. There's no doubt about that. But when you kind of look across the bow there in the NFC, they'll have an opportunity to win some football games. And if you're going to do that while you get an opportunity to evaluate a quarterback who coming out, you know, had the arm strength that people were looking at, had some mobility, but just never was able to piece it together in Denver. I just, I, just, I think at this point in his career, Geno Smith is a backup quarterback and giving him an opportunity to go in because you think he gives you the best chance to win. What are you doing? If you're the Seahawks, who cares who gives you the best chance to win? I, I'm looking at evaluation. I mean, that, that should really be on the tops of their agendas, but you know, I, I can't speak for Seattle, but it doesn't feel like they've got a lot of uh, common sense prevailing in that in that organization at the moment. Yeah, I've got my own opinions on Seattle. I think they they need to move off both the GM, head coach, just tear it all down. I don't think they're going to do that. I if if I had to think of who Pete Carroll will start a quarterback, it will be Geno Smith because, like you said, he gives them the in their minds gives them the best chance to win games. When their thought process should be, what are we in five years? Yeah, not right. what we are this year. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that should be the objective of many nfl franchises but there's always this weird hollow uh you know goal of trying to be competitive and build culture and you can't build culture when you're losing football games and so on and so forth and i, th- I think it was yesterday dan leverfeld yesterday on the afternoon show kind of talking a little bit about that with the jets right and 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 this you know phantom culture thing and culture really is winning and winning means you have a franchise quarterback and you know there, there's a lot of parallels there to culture but culture is you, you, you can't really build a good culture when your team's 
stinks. And I think if you're the Seattle Seahawks, your team isn't great, but I, I think they're interesting at a couple of positions where they're not as bad as probably they're made out to be the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I think they're definitely not as bad as they should be. I mean, again, locking yeah. down DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett is fantastic, but it's just I feel like they're a team that, that is run like they're in the 1970s. Pete Carroll gives off the vibe of being an older coach with like a younger mind or a younger, you know, I guess vibe to him. But, you know, he wants to run the ball. He court, he sort of wasted his Hall of Fame quarterback and Russell Wilson. There were reports, I think, out of NBC Sports that they wanted to trade him back in 2018 for the first overall pick to Cleveland. So I, a lot of confusing stuff going on with Seattle, and it only continues as, as the days go by. So we've got Isaiah McKenzie. He's walking up over here to the uh, to to my table. I'm going to set him up with his headset here. Um, and before I do that, um, let's let, let's take a timeout right now on the other side. That way we can grab Isaiah um, and get him set up here on the on the uh, on the headset. And um, we'll we'll get that coming on the other side here on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.